0: On this week's illustrious Smitty and Mitty show, Ben Nicholson-Smith, senior baseball reporter for Roger Sportsnet, will join us.
1: And we'll talk Super Bowl and our weekend at the 2022 Ontario Tankers coming up next.
0: And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stunt your 90% of the time, I have no idea
2: what I'm talking about.
0: Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone
2: saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
0: And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years.
1: What's your name? F*** you, that's my name.
0: This... (laughs) is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty and MIDI Show podcast, one of the rare Tuesday editions of this very show. Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton, here again with you on Super Bowl Monday as we record to wrap that up. We didn't want we didn't want to put it out. Because we were in Port Elgin, we were at the tankard, we took that in the finals, and then we made our way home, we watched some football, it was really late, and frankly, we didn't want to record.
1: It was a late night, is- we had a lot going on, uh, we had a busy day Sunday at the 2022 Ontario Tankard, and uh, we'll say a big thank you once again to our sponsors, Line Curling the Choice, Champions, and Dave Middleton at Sunlight Financial. In Kincard Life is Brighter Under the Sun. We had a chance to see both of those gentlemen, uh, both of those organizations, both of those sponsors on Sunday, as well as, Tyler, we got to meet and and see a lot of fans of the show, and we got to throw some t-shirts out into the crowd at the fifth and break in the finals. Overall, fantastic Sunday for the Smitty and Mini show, I'd say.
0: It was pretty good, and uh, Mr. Glenn Howard, as we'll talk about later, friend of the show, one of the nicest men to ever set foot on this earth. Is the Ontario tanker champion and he will be heading to the briar, which is happening. I believe in Swift current Alberta, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly uh, in about three weeks time. So he's off again. Congratulations to him. We will talk about that on the other side after a interview coming up very, very soon with Mr. Ben Nicholson Smith of yeah. uh, Roger sports, and senior baseball reporter. You know what, you know what was supposed to happen today, this very day today, as we record this so the Monday.
1: Monday. So the Monday Valentine's day, to all your loved ones out there
0: happy what's, valentine's was supposed to happen today i forget pitchers pitchers and catchers to, were to report today as of february 14th they were supposed to be making their way down to florida and we are still in a labor dispute which we will talk about with mr nicholson smith uh what did you do for valentine's day do you do anything because you know what I, i'm just going to air a grievance here i hate valentine's day it is the dumbest next to christmas it is the dumbest holiday we do because it is solely for organizations and people that make money. I mean, you should tell your loved one you love them every single day. You shouldn't need a specific day to do a big gesture. You should be able to do that randomly throughout the year. It
1: is, first of all, it's certainly not a holiday. Um, most people don't care. Uh, I feel uh, I didn't do anything. Right? I worked. I had to take the
0: uh, take the puppy okay, that, to class. That, that, that's also the wrong answer. Is to do nothing.
1: Well, no, no. Like I, I, uh, I went. Well, me and Brittany um, will be. Brittany and I. Will be Brittany and I will be celebrating, if you will, our one-year anniversary in a couple weeks' time. So I said to her, I said...
0: One year? You made it one year? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Okay,
1: true. Fair uh, enough.
0: Still, if you didn't get her anything for Valentine's Day, you're going to come up just short of that one short year of eh,
1: I think I could have snuck away without getting anything. Uh, we decided that we're just going to kind of put them in together. Um, so I did get her some... I got her some stuff today. Um, not really a flowers gal, so didn't waste the money there. Um, but I got her some things. Wish her a happy Valentine's Day, and we're gonna go out for a nice steak dinner in a couple weeks' time. So,
0: who's paying for that steak dinner?
1: Partly a gift card, partly. <laughs>
0: <more>. <laughs> you are a romantic miser. <sighs> Let's go out to McDonald's. I got twenty dollars. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! This is the keg, good sir. This is quality dining
0: if you didn't have a gift card would you be going to the keg yes uh come on
1: not right now maybe a little bit later
0: if you could save up for a couple months yeah
1: it can get expensive we went to the keg uh, just before christmas and once again had a gift card from work and still ended up having to pay like 70 dollars on top so of a 100 your work card. is
0: just giving you keg cards oh yeah just hands them out why can't you give out actual kegs? That would probably go over better.
1: Well, is that illegal?
0: That that's probably illegal. I would assume. I wouldn't think it is illegal. Is it to just hand out kegs? I'm drinking age, but I don't think you can give away boo. We're getting okay.
1: Uh, Way off topic.
0: When you are engaged as I am, and you're saving up for a wedding very closely. Uh, I was out doing some grocery shopping before I came home and I picked up some uh, a heart shaped Smarties for the uh, the oldest little daughter, and um just a fistful of chocolate mm-hmm. for for the fiance because that's really all they want is chocolate ever. Mm-hmm. Like she just kills flowers, so
1: it's you got to get the uh, you got to get the things that they really like. So a Terry's chocolate orange is that really a Valentine's Day gift? No, but Bernie loves them, right? So you hand her a couple of Terry's chocolate oranges. Who loves chocolate oranges? Are crazy people, man! I tell you, I tell the you. The only
0: way, the, the only reason that they're enjoyable is because you get to smash them. They're the only food you get to smash before you eat. Uh watermelon. You don't smash watermelon. Well, you could. Not to eat it. Sure, you could. You cut it to eat it. what you're gonna smash it on the ground and then pick it up like Ross or like Rachel and Joey eating cheesecake off the floor.
1: Why not? I would argue. Uh, beg- I, would, I would argue. Grossness. Smash more things than eat them than you probably think.
0: Okay, name one. That pumpkin. is not a watermelon because that's a terrible idea. Pumpkin. Who eats pumpkin?
1: Uh, you're right. I hate pumpkin pie.
0: Well, But that's not just straight pumpkin.
1: Okay. Okay. Give me two seconds here.
0: And you don't smash a pumpkin to do that. Like, again, you don't just throw nuts. it on the ground.
1: Nuts. You got to smash nuts open.
0: You crack nuts.
1: Well, you could smash them.
0: You could throw a hazelnut as much as you want against that wall and it is not breaking. Or uh... like, a, You need a nutcracker little fork thing.
1: I beg to differ. I think I could. Next time you're back in studio here, we'll throw some hazelnuts against the wall. See who can break it open first.
0: It took two months for you to put that drywall up. And we're going to see if we can poke some holes (laughs) in it.
1: It'll take one show to put holes in it with walnuts.
0: All right. How about we we go to Mr. Ben Nicholson-Smith. And you know what I think I want to do with him? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we do a little bit of our present that game that is just sweeping ben the nation that yes uh, how, how popular- about we play that with him
1: we've been playing it with each other but it would be a good idea to bring ben on play percent that with him and
0: it's okay maybe- to play with each other but sometimes you need to play with others
1: sometimes you need to play with other friends right yes. the more the merrier is what they like to say uh let's bring him on here senior baseball writer with sports net and friend of the show, a three-time guest now, this is his third appearance on the show, Mr. Ben Nicholson. Smith, Ben, thanks for hopping back. Thanks for uh, coming on the Smitty Media Show for the third time.
2: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be a three-peat guest. That's um, that's pretty impressive. So thank you. Our first,
0: which, I mean, makes you friend of the show, I guess, because Michael Landsberg, we called him friend of the show when he's
2: only been on once and he accepted. So it's kind of a forced friend of the show now definitely friend of the show i i definitely think i i deserve that um after three uh guest appearances for sure
0: all right so you've probably heard of it before because it's it's catching the province by storm but new on the smitty Mitty show we've been playing this game called percent that basically give you a situation you give us a percent that it's going to happen and we'd love to play with you
2: sounds great i think right. this uh, yeah I'm, I'm in that sounds awesome
0: it's, it's going to go huge. You've just, definitely, just so you definitely know. heard of it before, no doubt. Yeah, it has to. You've yeah. seen it around <laughs> exactly. the social medias. All right. So first one, percent that we start spring training on time.
2: Oh, that's low. Uh, 5%. Wow. And
0: then it, it branches right off. Percent that we start. there. we miss any regular season games.
2: Percent that we miss any regular season games. So, I mean, there's also the possibility that they could start the season – can I, can I say a couple sentences or do you oh, just yeah. want to push it? No, no, yeah, you're fine. Okay. Elaborate. Well, you, my thought process then would be okay. that, you know, you've got, you know, clearly it's going to start late for spring. And then if they reach an agreement, let's say it's March 1st, well, you need four weeks, you need some time for the players to arrive, like it's going to take some time, but you always have the option of pushing the entire schedule back by a few days. So you could start it on April 5th instead of on March 30th, if you really had to end the season, you know, just one season. Ended on November the 5th. Not ideal, but you could do it and get in 162. So I think percent that we get a full season in, is that how the question was phrased? It was
0: percent that we miss regular season games.
2: Okay, percent that we miss regular season games. I'm still going to say 40.
1: Yeah, it's that high?
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't understand how the owners could be Willing to miss games, knowing that for one, they've lost money. For two, there's just no appetite from the fans. I don't I don't understand how both parties don't know that. That you know what, we cannot miss games.
2: Yeah, it's um yeah. I mean you look back to the last time it happened, 94, 95, like that did lasting damage to the sport. There's no question. And anytime that you're willing to miss games and you show fans that you're willing to miss games it's bad. So, you know, let's hope it doesn't come to that. There's still time for the sides not to get there, but um, they have both indicated, like the players and the owners internally and to each other have indicated, Hey, this is something we are willing to consider. And that in itself is a little bit scary for fans and, and those of us who like to watch baseball.
1: Percent that? What are the chances that we see a, a different style of playoff than what we're used to? Whether it's increased amount of games, increased amount of teams, what are the percentage chance that we see something different at least?
2: Ninety-five, I would say. Like I, I think that it's almost definitely going to change. It's almost definitely going to expand. To me, I would put the chances like five percent status quo, forty-seven point five for twelve teams, forty-seven point five for fourteen teams. But I think it's going up. And really the question to me is how high. That's some quick math. We cannot do math that <laughs> fast. <laughs> All right. I uh this one might be
0: a little more challenging. Percent chance that by the end of this year, either Bo or Vladdy have a new contract extension.
2: That's a good one. Um yeah. Okay. Either or. And by the end of 2022, we're saying the calendar the, yes. year. Okay.
1: Doesn't, have, doesn't have to be the regular season, but by the end of the, cal- the, end of the calendar year,
2: right? Because we saw the Barrios one they did in the fall, so that's certainly you know on the table for them. So you know, I would say, I would say the chances are decent. Like I would, I would say, sixty percent that at least one of them has an extension.
0: Which one do you think is more likely to get the extension offer?
2: I think Vladdy would be slightly more likely. Uh, you know, just a little bit younger. You know, if you're talking about ten plus years. Just, yeah, a little bit younger. Um, you know, Bo's an incredible player too. You want both of them, really. And I think there's a, within that, there's a, there's a chance that they extend Bo. Do, do you think any of that
0: answer that you just have comes from a knowledge that maybe they don't feel super comfortable still with,
2: with Bo where he is at shortstop? I think he's a majorly shortstop. I think that they are comfortable with him at shortstop. Um, like even this off season, when they were thinking about different um, shortstops out there in the market, they basically went into it thinking Bo is the shortstop. So Corey Seeger, for, for instance, he was really of interest to the Jays. But my understanding was if they were going to go after Corey Seager, probably would have been more of a third base and a bit of shortstop hybrid type role um, instead of displacing Bo and trying to do something there. So I think they like Bo. I, I mean, they love Bo. He's, he's a great player. Any team would love to have Bo Bichette. And then it really becomes, you know, how is he going to age? You know, does he have some more growth when it comes to his swing decisions and plate discipline? Um, how does his power evolve? He showed some great power increases this year. Max exit Vila went up um, and, and certainly improved defensively. So he's a guy you want to build around without a doubt. And uh, yeah, I think that I think there's a good chance that they make him an offer at some point, too.
1: All right. I got one final percent that question. And then Mitty, I don't know if you have another one, but oh, I want I to ask you. Um, And we were toiling over how do we ask this question, knowing that playoffs are probably going to get expanded. Um, So we're going to go with what is the percent chance that the blue Jays make a world series in the next five years?
2: Okay. Interesting. Um, All right. You guys are going to get a window into my mind here. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, okay. So I'm going to just do the one year calculation and basically multiply at it, at it times five. So all right. A lot, of, a lot of math
1: on the show already. Yeah. yeah. it's Hey, I My mean, head this hurts. is,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. In any one year, I think the Jays are probably one of the best five teams um, maybe, you know, give or take six teams um, in the American league at this point in time. So let's say that's one in six um, that they would make it in any one year. So, I mean, I think there's at least a 50 50 shot. Like I'll say in the next five years, there's a 60% chance the Jays are in the world series.
0: No, nah, the thing about baseball is it's all, and when you're in, when you're in an, a division that involves the Yankees and Red Sox, it's so hard to tell what's going to happen next yeah. year. Cause the, the, Red Sox could throw another, you know, $500 million at somebody. Cause who knows they can,
2: that's who they are. hundred percent. And I mean, the, the Red Sox, like they've kind of eased up the last couple of years, you know that they're going to, you know, do everything they can when Bogarts hits free agency. This coming like next next winter, not this winter, but next winter, they'll probably re-sign him. Maybe they go out and do some more damage in free agency. They'll certainly have the means to extend Devers and and their core players. So, you know, that's a team that's really really good as well.
0: I mean, even Tampa Bay actually ended up spending a little bit of money, not an ex- not an extraordinary amount of money, but they. Found a piece. They,
2: exactly. A, a, a huge amount for Tampa Bay. You guys are talking me down. I want to modify my answer. I'm going to say 50%, 50% in the next five years. Okay. a um, little Higher than I thought it was going to
0: be. Yeah. That's still, yeah. Yeah. That's still higher than I thought. Uh, so this one kind of goes with that one. And I've been known to be a little hard on Charlie Montoya. Sometimes it's kind of my thing, a little hard, a little hard, the odd time. So my question is when the Jays do make that world series, is Charlie
2: Montoya going to be the manager? Well, If it's this year, yes, he will be. Um, I mean, yeah, they, he's, he's obviously their guy. He's, um, he's under contract. He's leading the team. So, so if it happens soon, then yes. I mean, there's also a possibility baseball being unpredictable the way it is. I mean, someone pulls a hamstring, misses a year, maybe 2022 just isn't their year. And if that's the case, you know, there's managers are hired to be fired. That's, that's a fact. And, uh, it was true for John Gibbons. It was true for Cito Gaston. It's true for Charlie Montoyo. So we don't know when that time is going to be, but um, yeah, I, I mean, the Jays hope that he'll be there when uh, when they make the World Series, whenever that is.
0: So that was a eight and a half minute percent that. We thank you for, uh, for playing and joining I us. I like it. Yeah. Making it more popular than it already is. Obviously just a Canadian hit. It has been and will be in the future. So thank you again. Now let's talk about... Uh, about that contract or about that negotiations heading are or going on between the players and the owners, what are they still sticking on? What, what can they, they not agree
2: on? So a couple big ones there, I think, you know, for, for there to be some real momentum in the next little while probably has to be some traction on the minimum salaries because so many players now make the minimum, you know, you, you see some of those veterans getting phased out of the league. You see a lot of those, those players in their first couple of years make that minimum. So the players want to get that as high as they can. Um, then, you know, along with that, you just have the financial considerations, right? So where is the luxury tax? The players want it to be as high as possible. The owners want it to be as low as possible. And so far, neither side has really moved. So you're kind of looking at the stalemate. Neither one of them is giving in and who knows how long that's going to last, but eventually they're going to have to reach an answer there.
1: Yeah, we're seeing, uh, in the last week or so that it seems like we're on the downward trend in terms of the negotiations between the players and and the league. And it just seems like it's frustrating as a fan that we can't get closer despite uh, spring training being a mere few weeks away from its scheduled start. One of the things we're seeing is uh, is usage time, right? Like players getting charged uh, time on their contract. Is this something that is going to change in the CBA?
2: Yeah, like when it, with respect to the different service time and yeah, how that service that time works. manipulation
1: yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff.
2: It, yeah, I mean, the players really hope so. That's a big priority for them. Like they, you know, and Vladdy, of course, was a big topic a few years ago when he came up. And, you know, are they doing this? Are they doing this right? Or does this have to change? You know, if you look at it, the players, as I understand it, have filed about one grievance a year. So that's that's a big deal. I mean, if you have one really good player, like a Chris Bryant or a Vladdy. And that player is in the minors when he should be in the majors. It's a bad look for the sport. It's not good for the integrity of the sport. It's not good for fans. And of course, for those players. So definitely matters. Um, Now the players have proposed some really kind of different solutions for this Um, draft picks involved. You've got, um, you know, potentially bonuses for really high performing rookies, Um, with respect to cash that would be involved or even with days of service time. So a lot of different things floating around out there. But as I understand it, there hasn't really been traction as far as where that would lead. And unfortunately, that's kind of a common theme with a lot of these topics. I mean, they're, they're at least speaking the same language now, which is good, but they're kind of talking from two different sides of the room right now. And there hasn't really been a lot of movement from one getting closer to the other on a lot of topics, including service time. I just thought of
0: another percent that so I'm gonna throw it at you, even yeah. though I'm pretty sure it's gonna be about two percent. Is there ever what is the percent chance that we ever see a hard cap in baseball?
2: Well, the players would hope it's two percent for sure. Um, and history tells us that they are going to oppose that very strongly. Um, but ever, I mean, a lot changes. Um, you know, in the course of like less than 30 years. I I shouldn't have said ever, ever is a long time. Is is it being brought up in this negotiation? Is that something they even talk about? It's off the table for this one. We're not going to see a hard cap in this one. So this time it's zero ever. I don't know, ever it might be 50. Um, But yeah, this time it's zero. Um, And yeah, it's kind of, it's basically a non-starter, but you know, it's interesting as you guys know, I mean, you, you can get, uh, if you're the owners, you have a soft cap essentially, which is the CBT, well, that kind of works too. Like it's not at a certain point, it's not that different than the NBA. If the penalties are harsh enough, which the owners are trying to impose, then it's not necessarily that different from the kind of systems that you see in the NBA.
0: But it's weird too, that it, like for some organizations like the Red Sox, where they always get like right up close to that. Um, but there, it seems like some teams are unwilling to just punch over it, where other teams like the Dodgers... We'll go whatever they want to go over. They don't care. But the fact that there is, even with some big market
2: teams, that unwillingness to break that uh, that luxury tax is, is strange. Exactly. I mean, you look last year, if I'm not mistaken, there were like four or five teams that were in the 205 to 210 payroll range. And what was the CBT last year? 210. So everyone's just like, all right, we're going as close as we possibly can without going over. So that's from the soft cap. Functions like a hard cap. I mean, for everyone, except for last year, the Dodgers and the Padres. So for 28 of 30 teams, it did function like a soft cap.
1: But there's such a big difference between the bottom teams and and the higher spending teams. Is there any way that and I know this is kind of a, a tough question. It's, is there any way that we can fix this? Is there any way that we can get these teams on the bottom to spend a little bit more to to make things a little bit more competitive?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that the players want to do. And I think it'd be good for fans too. I mean, to see the Orioles, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of nice for the teams that beat up on them, but like, it's not a compelling product or the Pirates, the Diamondbacks. So you have these teams that kind of tank, nobody wants that. So the players want to, their way of addressing that would be to disincentivize tanking. They want to take away the certainty that if you're an awful team, the way the Astros were for so long the Cubs, um, you know, other teams, have tried. the Orioles are doing it now. Those teams have certainty. They know that if they are awful, they are going to get a top pick. But if you introduce a draft lottery, which is going to happen in these talks, you know, unclear exactly what form it'll take. But if you introduce a draft lottery, all of a sudden you can be a 115 loss team. You can be horrible and you don't have a guarantee that you are actually going to get a top pick. It might be, it probably will be a top pick, but it might be a 10th overall pick. And so that's one of the ways to kind of combat those teams that don't spend and don't win. Another
0: interesting way would be what we saw this year, which was we basically had a free agent deadline because everyone knew that the, the contract was coming up. So we had a two week period where it was mayhem. People were signing left and right. And you saw some teams that don't usually spend a whole lot of money. Let's say the Texas Rangers spending a lot of money, what half a billion dollars in two days. So, I mean, that, that could be a way is, is don't let these Yankees sit around and wait for the market to develop, make them have to go out and make offers or the little teams can go make offers as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was an amazing stretch. It was kind of unexpected. I thought it was going to be slow. And then it ended up being incredible. So I think any way we can replicate that would be, would be amazing. Like, it's just so fun as a fan of the sport to have this flurry of activity and you check your phone and Corey Seager signed and Marcus Semyon or Kevin Gosman, whatever the case, like it's great. It's hard to, it's hard to create it. I know it happens in other sports, but sometimes that's because there are finite dollars going around. And of course that's not the case in baseball. So it's tough to really orchestrate. But one thing that I did actually like, in addition to that, this off season, is just the fact that, you know, you had this period of time, of course it was for a lockout. So no one wants that, but you had this period of time where there were no moves at all. So I would actually like to see a transaction freeze period say from December 15th to January 15th, and you would still have lots of time to get moves in.
1: I want to switch up and talk a little bit about the Blue Jays here because we only have about five more minutes with you. Um, The Blue Jays this offseason, it feels like so long since we've talked about who's on the Blue Jays right now. But as it sits, they got about four guys that look like they will slide into the starting rotation pretty well and the conversation now shifts to who's going to find that five slot in the rotation for the Blue Jays this year is there any conversation that you've heard that the Jays might be looking to go out and get someone or is it going to be someone from within that might fill in that five slot
2: they'd like to go out and get someone like they were definitely searching they were they were really active in trade talks before the um the lockout set in so they were really searching um where that leads again hard to predict but that's something that they're looking to do and then you've got Stripling. He would be kind of a solid, you know, swing man. We've seen him. He's useful. He's a good pitcher to have and certainly better than what you'd see in a lot of number five spots. And to me, Nate Pearson is, is really interesting there too because his command wasn't there, but he's got great stuff. So if the command is there, if it kind of appears for him, he would be a great pitcher to have, you know, kind of potentially as a surprise, like some real upside there. So he's one to watch as well, of course.
0: Is there an appetite within the Blue Jays organization to allow, if they go out and make a trade, that Pearson can start in the bullpen, could be in the bullpen? Or if they fill that fifth role, is he going to be in the minor leagues still being stretched out to start?
2: It's a great question. I mean, because they probably will add someone. I think they, they'll probably add one more pitcher before opening day. So, you know, at that point, he's not penciled in. I think you start the spring by stretching him out and you see what you have you see how he looks um and you see what injuries come up because maybe you need him even if you do sign another guy so you're definitely going to want to stretch him out to begin spring now if his stuff is there but the command is just not if he starts fading after 20 30 pitches maybe that's your answer like at this point I, i don't know that you need to just continue putting him to the minor leagues he's 24 25 years old at this point at a certain point, you want to use him in the majors. You don't throw 102 forever. You want to have him help this team. Um, but I'm not sure exactly when they'll get to that breaking point.
1: I like him in the bullpen. I always have. And I think that it's a good idea. I, 101
0: I plays. It always yeah, has. <laughs> it,
1: it, it always has. It always will. And the thing is, like you you touched on the age there, right? And you, No one's getting any younger out there. It comes to the point where you have this guy, like, let's start using him, right? If he's not going to be a starter, that's fine deal with it we'll move on we'll put him in the bullpen he'll be one of our best pieces i just think they need to make a decision this uh, to me this year is the final year where they kind of will have that back and forth on what he's going to be i think by the time 2023 rolls around you'll know what he's going to be
2: yeah and it's fine if he's a reliever like you guys are saying i mean if you're throwing that hard like it's going to be useful you look at jordan romano and like this is another guy who came up through the system tried to start People, you know, you know head in, throwing his change up and moving three times through the order. I don't think anyone's going back and saying, oh, what if Jordan Romano was a back-end starter for this team right now? Like, I think you're happy to have him in the bullpen. You're happy to have him contributing. So, yeah, there's always going to be a need for good relievers. You see what he can do? Because the upside for a starting pitcher, that's even better. But if he's a reliever, I think you're okay with that. No one's expecting him to kind of transform this organization or put the entire pitching staff on his back anymore
0: but the one big thing is as a starter, you got to hit your spots. You got to be able to hide pitches to her second, third time through the order, like you said. Um, And that's just not who he is. He's here's my fastball. Here's my slider hit it. And that's what you do out of the bullpen. That's what Romano does. He doesn't chew on corners. He's hitting the fat part of the plate and saying, it's my best stuff against your best stuff. Who's going to win. And for, even for the hall of fame players, seven out of 10 times, it's the pitcher that wins that battle. So I think it's a best place. It's best spot for Pearson is throw the ball hard, hit the zone somewhere, and let's see if they can hit the baseball.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that you'll find people within the game who agree with that completely, right? So, you know, for Pearson, he's still got that chance. And again, just for depth purposes, you stretch him out to start spring, and maybe he's got great command of that slider and that change-up's coming along, and all of a sudden, you found yourself, like, a real asset for the rotation, someone who can really be a difference maker. But as you guys are saying, hey, bullpen will be, will be fine there.
0: I got one more for you if you have time for it. For sure. Obviously, there's still an opening at third base, I think. Uh, That's one of the biggest spots that needs to be filled, at least an infield position. Uh, Two questions. One, do you think there's even a chance that if there's a first baseman, let's say Freddie Freeman, that's willing to come to Toronto, can we see Vladdy at third base? And if not, what are the other options for this team?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Freddie Freeman, that'd be amazing. Uh, Great player. I don't think it's that likely I think if he, leaves, yeah, <laughs> if he leaves Atlanta I think you know the Dodgers would probably be the team that people point to uh, the Yankees of course are a team to watch because they've done nothing so far this offseason now yeah I don't see Vlad on a third at this point either so we'll put that in the very unlikely category now as for other guys they could go out and get there are some options I mean the trade market of course Jose Ramirez is the name that everyone is really fascinated by as they should be I think he probably stays in Cleveland for now Um, So then if you're looking at free agents, um, you've got guys like Chris Bryant. uh, Trevor Story is really interesting. Uh, Maybe he's more of a second baseman at this point. Of course, he can play short too. um, But he's someone to take a look at, at least. And you've got more options on the trade market, like a Matt Chapman. I mean, the, the Jays need to be talking to Oakland about trades. I'm sure they have already. And Chapman's a pretty interesting guy. Like, you're not getting a whole lot of batting average there but he could run into 25 and give you really good defense at third.
1: Every single one of those names you just listed sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. So if they wanted to go out there and make one of those moves, uh, we'd certainly be for it. Ben, listen, thanks for joining us once again. it uh, been a pleasure to have you back and talk some baseball. And I know that we're excited for the season to roll around. And hopefully if your percentages are correct, it won't be too long before we have baseball back.
2: Well, let's hope so. I make no promises on those percentages, but um, it's always good to join you guys. There. So thank you for having me on.
1: I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life financial advisor, and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. Gold Line Curling is proud to support the Port Elgin Chrysler 2022 Ontario Tankard in Saugine Shores, powered by Bruce Power, February 9th through 13th at the Plex in Port Elgin. Gold Line Curling, the choice of champions,
0: you're listening to The Smitty and Mitty Show.
1: Smitty and Mitty Show podcast episode 75. Back here with you. A big thank you to Ben Nicholson-Smith for hopping on here and being a part of this show. He's been on three times in 75 episodes. Do your quick math. How many percentages of this show is he? A third. A third? That's not right. I don't think that's right. That would be nine episodes.
0: That's, that's a fair fact. You know how I got to that? 75 divided by 3 is 25. And then there's three 25s. I don't know. I don't know. Three.
1: You're, you're on to something there. Hold on.
0: He's Am not I getting
1: 25% there? of the show. No, that's not right.
0: And to be fair, the other two times he was on with other guests. That is true. That is true. But not by played, any we'll fault get... of himself. Well, yeah, He's that, an amazing he... guest. He plays by himself. I'm not saying it's his fault at all. It's just how the cook crumbled.
1: It's actually kind of rude that it took us until the third time to put him on by himself. It is. Don't tell him that. And if he's listening, Ben, we're sorry.
0: But the question was, did he carry the other guest?
1: Well, then you're I just throwing another the guest. Under, then you're just throwing another guest. I think, I think episode, the other guest the first episode time was nine, that. nine, Shy Davidi and Ben Nicholson-Smith.
0: So that's just a Blue Jays packed episode.
1: That was a Blue Jays packed episode. Our first ever Blue Jays packed episode, I believe. Um. And then I can't remember who he was on with. I think when it was his second time on, it was a smaller guest. I think we were just talking some local sports maybe, but I'd have to look back and I would have to confirm that because I'm not 100% sure.
0: Really? You sounded 100% sure.
1: Confidence is the key to everything. My family hates it. I can say whatever I want, not true at all, but you say it confidently, they'll believe you at least. That's kind of that. how
0: the, that's how the world works nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. A belief is just as good as as, as a fact.
1: Just do it confidently now, man. Just got to do it confidently.
0: As long as you believe you can do whatever you want, my friend. Anything you want. What do you want to talk about here on the back end? What sports? I mean, we have to talk about Super Bowl. You want to start with Super well, Bowl? Well,
1: let's start. And obviously, podcast coming out a day late this week. We talked about it off the top of the podcast. Why? Super Bowl Sunday. We were up in Port Algon for the 2022 Ontario Tankard. So why don't we talk about those two things? Because obviously probably a better time to talk about them now because we'll forget about it other things will come up and we won't get the chance am i fair
0: yeah but the question wasn't what should we talk about is what should we talk about first that was my Mm -hmm. question i i Mm -hmm. everyone listening knew that we were going to get to those two things just pick one super bowl that's what i said so why'd you do the whole explanation you gotta tee things right
1: back up it's been like 30 minutes since we did the intro
0: i but i literally just i just forget okay Super Bowl. What was your main takeaway of the Super Bowl happening in L.A. in a brand new stadium? A halftime
1: show is way better on TV than it is on radio. That is my takeaway. Okay. would you agree with me? We were in a convoy. I hate to use that word. Take that back. Scratch that out. (laughs) It was just the two of us driving back in separate vehicles.
0: We were tailing each other.
1: We were tailing each other. Definitely not a convoy heading to London. Um, And we were listening We watched the first quarter In a restaurant in Port Elgin Drove two hours home And I was still able to catch the fourth quarter That just shows you how long football games are Um, But the halftime show Sucks on the radio Well
0: they didn't even they played, play it
1: They played the first song from Dre and Snoop And then played like a Tom Brady Feature I don't want to listen to Tom Brady There's Eminem and Snoop
0: but the immediate thing I did when I got home is look up the Super Bowl because I was really excited for all of the uh, the R and B artists that were taking part in that, and I would say it is at least top three in my half times ever. In your half times ever, in in my favorite halftime yeah. shows,
1: I would put it up there.
0: I would say Prince, Michael Jackson, and that. Uh, Quadruple guess? How many were there? I don't even know. I Snoop, think Eminem, 44. Dr. Dre, Fifty Cent, nope. Mary k Blige, five. Eminem, yeah. I said Eminem. I
1: think and then, five. who was was Fiddy the special appearance? Yes, he came in upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, Fiddy. Yeah, so five guests. I think it's it's tough to beat five guests, right? It would be like if you took the Michael Jackson performance and then added in someone like. Also, super awesome. Right?
0: But it's also kind of it, it's unfair to compare this halftime show to the other halftime shows, except for the weekend last year, because usually there is a massive crowd on the field, like that everyone gets to shuffle down to watch, and they only have a small stage. The past two years, because of COVID, they didn't want everyone down on the field, so they've had a whole stadium to play with. They've had some some new pyrotechnics. They've had the ability to. Um, introduce you know some computer enhancements and stuff like that i mean the weekend spent most of the time back behind the stage not even on the stage so they've had some play with the creativity so it might not even be fair but when you look at prince who is literally singing purple rain in the rain and michael jackson being the pop star that he is and was uh
1: tough to compare tough hard to, to
0: be Tough to, compare. Hard to be.
1: Uh, let's talk about the actual football game that went on. Obviously, the Rams coming out, uh, Matthew Stafford getting the win in the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of people happy to see Stafford win. I think I told you before, I would should, be happy with whoever won that game. Right? Should Eminem
0: be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think he is. He's up for ballot this year. Not for ballot. Okay. But should Eminem be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
1: Sure. Why not? Does he
0: does he participate in rock and roll at all? It's more of like a
1: music hall of fame, to be honest. With
0: you. Should we separate between a musical hall of fame and I mean, he's the best rapper to ever do it, lyricist for sure. But does he deserve to be in the rock and roll hall of fame? That's my weird question. What qualifies you to be in the hall of fame? Do you have to sing music? to country artists to have the ability to get in the rock and roll hall of fame? Sure, if you do. I a mean, little, if you do I a little believe, bit of rock country, I would assume Leonard Skinner's in there, and you would call him country, no?
1: Exactly. Right. I think as long as you had an influence on any type of rock music, then maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look up. I've been there and I didn't really You've been there
0: in Cleveland. Yeah, I went there. I've been through Cleveland. It is a special city.
1: I told you we went there in my first year at Fanshawe. We took a weekend up with the radio program, went to Cleveland, went to the trip was to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We actually go went to go grab some chewing tobacco and cigars and ended up going to an adult club. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good trip. It was a good trip.
0: You know what I found out today as well from the press release of the Ontario government is that there's sex clubs in Ontario. Didn't know that. Interesting. So apparently, where do we join? We sex clubs.
1: Where do we join?
0: Join a sex club? Yes. I hope that any future sponsors don't listen to this part of the show.
1: They <laughs> we go off the rails a little bit sometimes in the back half of the show. Okay, so I so tried to, so I tried to segue into the football game, and then you asked me about Eminem being in the Rock
0: and Roll Hall of Fame. So did I blame you. A, you on did there. you actually have a question? I didn't listen to your question. I was thinking about Eminem.
1: No, it was it wasn't. It was an open ended question because I said that this was one of the f- Super Bowls, and at least the one in the, if you look back the last five or six years, where I didn't really care who won. I would be happy, call it happy if you want, with whoever won the football game. I wasn't rooting for anyone in particular besides my betting money.
0: Well, two very likable quarterbacks and two fairly likable teams, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what it comes down to. No Tom Brady, you don't have anyone to cheer against, basically. And if your team's not in it, that's what the Super Bowl is. It's more, it's it's really not about the actual football at all. It's about everything surrounding the football. It's 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 a show when a football game broke out. I mean, The Rock was down on the field just screaming into a microphone <laughs> for some odd re- reason, just howling into a microphone in center field. And the players are just standing there like, uh, can we like play football? No, 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 no. This gigantic mountain of yeah. a man needs to try and scare people in the fifth row the and Rock bring back is his wrestling. Screaming wings.
1: on the field. Will Farrell is wearing a BC Lions jersey up in the upper deck. <laughs> Did, you see, Did you see
0: Ryan Reynolds' tweet? No. He says he said Will keeps asking me why they're playing a fourth down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good old Canadian, eh? Ryan.
0: Uh so, the actual football game. First of all, these are my takeaways. OBJ um really unfortunate what happened to him probably re-aggravation of his uh, UCL tear in his knee. That's unfortunate, but he did catch a, a touchdown before that and I think his his image has been rebounded significantly after coming to the Rams. Cause it was a bit muddied leaving Cleveland. And now I think he's going to be one of the, I mean, depending on how much long this knee takes to get back from, I think he's going to be one of the most sought after free agents, but he needs to go somewhere where it's like, he is there where you have Van Jefferson, who congratulations to him as well. Um, a dad directly Father, after winning the Super Bowl, He had the second,
1: he second a second, second child. Quick. He was heading yeah. Quick. He
0: was on the sprint um they have Robert Woods they have Cooper Cup who won the MVP um so he's not the first option that's where he needs to be but unfortunate what happened to him um and then the actual football game you know it was it was I wasn't blown away by it by any means I mean I feel like we always end up back in this discussion about the officiating am I wrong Every single championship game, we always end up talking about officiating wrongly because one team always needs to blame somebody, and it's always the people in stripes.
1: It's always the easiest person or thing to blame is the officiating. And actually, like I said, when listening and watching the game on Sunday night, we heard numerous times throughout the broadcast in the first three quarters that the officiating hadn't really played a role in what was partaking on the field, right? you could argue that there was the missed face mask on the touchdown early on. Um,
0: It's not even an argument. There was a blatantly missed face mask,
1: but like aside from that, there wasn't really any officiating problems until you get late into the game, which begs the question, were there actually officiating problems or do we just really dig into absolutely everything with our extra angles and our extra time and our replay to look at it, to dig into these things.
0: Look, we're talking about a hold that happened on third down with Cooper Cup. You have one of the best receivers running one of his best routes, and you have a defender who has hands all over him. It's it's defensive holding. That, that was holding. The problem is they didn't call it all game because they want to let them play, but you can't let them get away with that because th- that now you're getting to the point where now you're deciding the Super Bowl. He, they didn't hold him. You know what? They missed a blatant face mask earlier in the game that turned into a 75-yard touchdown, which, by the way, was... About half, I believe, or just or about a third of the actual yards that the Bengals got in the air, their offense looked anemic at times, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, so really, I just don't think the Bengals were even – like they, they were winning because of a blown call. But other than that, they didn't deserve to win that football game, and it it, it worries me.
1: Yeah, they didn't play a game that you could look at afterwards and say – You deserve to win that game. Like you said, they were winning. They had that lead in the fourth quarter. They came out in the second half like they have all year long in the second half early on, first play of the third quarter, right, like ready to go. But at the same time, like the offense didn't look good. Burrow was under pressure a whole lot in that football game. Seven
0: sacks. Like they need to. Yeah, There was a chance that the Bengals were going to take an offensive lineman with their first pick last year. They decided not to and did to make Jamar Chase because of Burrow was begging. And there's an argument to be made that they don't make the Super Bowl without Burrow. But there's also an argument to be made that they're not going to make the Super Bowl again if they can't protect this quarterback. He can't be sacked seven times a Super Bowl record, no. and you're going to win games. He's been sacked nine times in the. In the uh, Tennessee game earlier on, you need to protect this guy. Otherwise, he is going to get hurt. And I think he did get hurt. We heard and saw him limp off the field. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a Super Bowl game, I don't think he comes back yeah, in this game.
1: If that's not a playoff game, he doesn't play the rest of that football game. Um, they need to start protecting him. And I think they need to make that a priority in the off season, right? Whatever, however they do it, whether it's through the draft, make a trade, sign somebody, um, they need to make that a priority moving forward because. From what we saw this year from Joe Burrow, it looks like he can be the guy to lead them the next half decade, decade, right? Like into the future, the Bengals could be a really good football team, but look over to the opposite side of the field with the Rams, right? You got to have protection for your quarterback. You got to give him the time to make these plays. Getting sacked seven times, you're not going to win many football games.
0: No, You're right. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot more football in a couple of weeks as we will be joined by a football analyst. And I haven't even told Noah that yet, but we do have that coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll use the for football. I have one, one question for you and it's on the OBJ front. If right now the bills said that they are signing Odell Beckham jr. Would you be happy, sad or indifferent? Uh,
1: would you, I don't I, I sorry. I was about to give a question right back to you. I think I would be indifferent, but I would want to hear more about the injury that happened in the Super Bowl. Does uh, That make just, sense.
0: Let's let's just say the injury. Forget didn't the happen.
1: injury didn't happen. I think yes. I'd be I think I'd
0: be happy. Okay. Right? I think he's kind him of, coming out of Cleveland. Would you have been as happy if they traded for him out of Cleveland, no, or signed think, him I out think of? Cleveland. You
1: need that year that he had this year to. Um, what was the term you used? Clear up the like kind of clear up the muddy reputation, right? Um yeah, I think he needed that and I think he's kind of done that over the last year in Los Angeles. Um I don't know if it would be a good thing to bring him back up here as close to Cleveland as Buffalo is and
0: Well, I'm just saying that, that my point was here. my point was that his reputation has been cleaned since leaving Cleveland because I I thought no he doubt, was a cancer. No doubt. No doubt. And now after just a short half season with a competent coach, a competent uh, quarterback and a good system, a good organization, uh, he is all of a sudden going to be sought after. That was my point. Let's move on to the tankard because we went up to Port Elgin and that arena looked freaking amazing. I cannot praise the board and the committee and Curl on and the Plex and Sogging Shores. Doug Flowers, Dave Middleton, Kate Hagen, all the volunteers, the teams. I cannot praise them enough for the job that they did. It looked amazing in that arena. The ice was quick. It was curling. The show we got to see in the finals was incredible. The semis was a little less, but um, you had a really young team that got an invite who was playing, you know, John Epping, one of the best curlers in the country, that wasn't going to go well for them. That was a quick game, but the finals between team Howard and team Epping was one for the ages with the way it ended. And I am so happy and proud that Soggy Shores got to put on their face and show the curling world, what they could be. And I think we've heard rumors. I think you might see another curling event sometime soon in that arena. We heard rumors.
1: Yeah, there or was probably nine like times. eight different people mentioning it about 25 different times that there may or may not be events on the horizon coming back to Port Alongan. Uh it was fantastic to see. That would have been my very first curling tournament event ever, right? To see that. Um it was amazing, right? The atmosphere, um, super knowledgeable fan base, right? You got people that know what they're looking for. Uh, they're applauding when the correct plays are made. I don't even know that, right? I'm still trying to learn the game, and it was fantastic to get down there Um, five feet behind Glenn Howard, who's sitting five feet um, off the ice, right? Like It was a fantastic point of view to get to learn those kind of things. Um, They put on a great show. It was so great to see that many people out there, a capacity crowd limited to the 500 that they were. Um, Important. Uh, you know what? I think after everything that went on and a month ago, if you asked the organizing committee, they would be happy with what just happened, right? Given everything that's gone on, they're super stoked with how that weekend went.
0: It basically went down like it would have with no restrictions. Like, I mean, 500 in that arena is pretty full.
1: It's pretty packed. You probably could have got, uh, I want to say another 200 if you packed some more standing in, put a little bit of people closer together in the seats. But, um, if that's what they can get next year, if it comes back, then man, like what a place it's going to be to watch.
0: We were gifted, like you said, an amazing spot to watch the game. We were right behind Mr. Howard. We got to meet him finally in person. Uh, we gave him a golf shirt, which we will be sending to him recently or soon because we One only we had, had was way too small. We only had a medium and I don't, he's an athlete. He's not, uh, he's not a small guy. Okay. Is that, is yeah, that fair yeah. to say? He's not a medium.
1: It's not a disrespectful thing. The medium no. skirts are smaller than you think. Like They're mm, very small. Very small.
0: And we were walking around, so like you said, throwing shirts out earlier in the show, and uh, my shoulder is killing me. It's really hard.
1: Uh, yeah. What did you call it? Like a 60 yard toss or something like that? Nah. Yeah. It was
0: at least, man. You, you just not. don't get the angles. You don't get angles. You can't. The if I'm throwing, is, the hockey rink is 66 yards. Can I explain to you? that if i am throwing up into a crowd and it gets caught 20 feet above my arm angle then it's going to come down that that 20 feet it's going to go yeah, it's only it at a half come, wave it doesn't
1: come it doesn't come down the same distance that it traveled to get there
0: that's not, not how, exactly not how but how it doesn't velocity go straight works. down
1: that's not how the velocity it, works it loses velocity it slows down and then it drops it right. was
0: also caught on, it wasn't looping when it was caught on a line. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like that I, thing was going. Yeah, yeah. Next time we'll get out there before all the fans get in the seats and we'll stand at one end and we'll see how far you can throw the T-shirts. And or get the <laughs> T-shirt cannon, like you said. I think that's we'll a get, way better. Uh,
0: we'll get some kind of surgeon to sponsor us for the uh, inevitable surgery that will be needed after that. <laughs> but again, thank you to, uh, thank you to, the, all the sponsors to the board uh, to curl on to the ontario curling association um for letting that event happen making that event happen and uh being so kind to us we appreciate it so much and we're looking forward to what could happen in the future we're looking forward to uh seeing mr howard play in the tankard this year and of course uh the ontario uh the briar happening prior. next year in london ontario as well which is uh where we are from so maybe we'll make our way down to that rink next year
1: try to get ourselves some media passes to the bud gardens and see if we can get in why don't we uh we listen work our way it's a pretty good show eh? for a day late um hopefully we didn't disappoint i know we actually do have a handful of monday listeners and when i say a handful a good chunk of our listens actually come on the monday so to anybody that was waiting on monday to get their podcast fix in our apologies we were really late on Sunday. Did not want to record. Would have been the most boring podcast ever. So bear with us here.
0: Worse than oh, it actually was here. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to be. Tough to be. So uh, head to our social media pages. Me show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Head to the Twitter page and let us know a couple things. One, should Eminem be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What should be the qualifications for that? Because I'm very interested to hear what people have uh, to say on that. And two, would you be happy if Odell Beckham Jr. was on your team? I want to know that as well.
1: Does that mean I got to tweet those out right now?
0: I would love for you to tweet those out Okay,
1: right perfect. Because I know you're not. So uh, I'll oh, get so on How that.
0: about you tweet? I'll wrap. Thank you to our sponsors, Dave Middleton, Sun Life, Financial Life, Brotherhood of the Sun, Gold Line Curling, the Choice of Champion, and a sponsor of the previously taken 2022 Ontario Tankard, which was amazing. Again, thank you to everybody. Uh, Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton. Thank you to Ben Nicholson-Smith as well for joining us next week. A cup, a double guest, two guests to talk baseball as we'll be joined by Mr. Tom Volk, who uh, was previously on this show, Baseball Canada representative, and also Mr. Bob Elliott of, of the Canadian Baseball Network and um, just uh, an amazing baseball mind. He's also a voter in that Hall of Fame and uh, the Hall of Fame vote. So we'll talk about Bonds, Clemens, the steroid era, uh, everything there is to talk about With the Baseball Hall of Fame for Noah Smith, this is Tyler Middleton saying thank you for another week. It's the Smitty Mini Show across all your podcasts.